0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله brothers and sisters الحمد from all over the world apparently and it's remarkable that we can communicate in this way the Prophet صلى indicated that towards the latter days people would uh, tell lies May Allah uh, not make us from those people But he said people would tell lies And he said they would immediately reach the horizons of the earth al-afaq. And fa there is for تعقیب, without, uh, a It's something that follows immediately without any hesitation So he said it would reach the horizons immediately and so now this medium of mass communication which has created incredible problems But on the other hand, this is the other side of it Is that we can use it to, for good and to spread knowledge And uh, to help people understand better the book of Allah And the hadith of our beloved Prophet wasallam. So today I wanted to look at a text message from the Quran which is from Surah Al-An'am which is one of the larger chapters of the Quran and it's the the verses which are from 104 to 111 it's it's quite extensive but it's important because the context of what I'd like to talk about is embedded within a, a larger set of verses, and they're all important to understanding uh, this, uh, this topic that I'd like to talk about. And so one of the uh, important elements in our tradition is that the Qur'an, it speaks to both the Muslims and the non-Muslims, but it also Speaks to Muslims uh, in their relations with peoples of other faiths uh, or lack thereof, and so in this verse, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, "Qadaja akum balsa'iru min rubbikum, fiman absarafari nafsi, wa man amya faaleha, wa mana 'alikum bihafid." So in this first hundred uh, and fourth verse in Surah An'am, it says that there have have come to you basair from your lord basair is the plural of basira and the basira is the light of the heart according to the mufassirun basira is also in arabic can mean a hujja a proof and so proofs have come from your lord but also these this ability to see so the 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 Al-Ayn al which is your actual physical eye, has what's called Basar, which is uh, sight or vision the, the, the inner eye has what's called Basira So human beings have an inner eye That inner eye can be blinded, or like a child that doesn't, y- yet can't focus and when, when you're an infant, when you're first born, your, your vision is actually extremely limited uh, We know this, the child cannot see uh, very far and this is basically spiritually most people are in an infantile stage so they actually can't see and uh, and and some of them are embryonic spiritually so they're still in the womb where they're completely blind but the potential to actualize uh, inner eye uh, is always there for for human beings and Allah says that it's not the hearts that go blind uh uh, it's not the eyes that go blind, right? Uh, it's the hearts uh, in the breasts of men that go blind. And so uh, this, uh, and then, so then it says, So those basa'ir are the lights with which you see. And that's why immediately it follows that whoever sees with these basa'ir, with these lights of the heart, so who, who, whoever has had their heart illumined, with these truths, it's for their own souls. Wa and whoever's blind to them, it's against their own souls. can be hafid, and this is very important because the prophet is being told to let us know that he is not the one that can do this. All he can do is show us the way. We have to take the way. He's the one that brought the light But we have to follow the light So if you choose to follow him And it is a choice Then he will illumine your path for you He'll show you At each stage in your move towards Allah He'll show you what to do Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam But he is not responsible He's not a guardian He can't can't, uh, do the work for us He's telling us to do the work Help He says, "Help me help you," because on the day of judgment, when he is trying to get his people across the Sirat, he actually says, "Help me get you across the Sirat." And they asked him how, and he said, "Do at least some extra prayers at night. Do some night work. This is going to make my job easier." So that's what he was letting us know, but. And then, and then it says وَكَذَلِكَ الْآيَاتِ دَرَسْتَ And they will say you've studied وَلَنُبَيِّنُهُ لِقَوْمٍ يَعْلَمُونَ and, and we will make this clear to people who know. Follow that which has been revealed to you from your Lord. إله إله إله. There is no God except who who who? Him, God. There's no God except He. turn away from those who associate with other than Allah. And had God not willed it, they would have never associated with him. And we did not make you a guardian over them nor are you a wakil, somebody who uh, is put uh, in charge of others' affairs. That's the wakil. And then, and this is the 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 really the at the heart of what I wanted to talk about. الله الله do not curse or do not uh, do Sibab Which is like لعن, Do not curse Those who call on other than Allah And then this Fa here Is because they This is called Fa as And there's basically uh, There's different reasons why you get this Fa And so one of them is when you have a nehi. So if, if there's a prohibition And then it's followed by a Fa That Fa is often as-sababiyya a, a It will be a sababiyya In other words It's a causative fa So This in turn Will cause them That's what the fa is there for And that's why It's uh, There the noon Is removed Because it's in a nasb uh, Condition So it's mansubah. And for the, those that are interested In the grammar of it Adwan Bi ilm They will in turn Curse Allah Adwan Out of Aggression or animosity without any knowledge they will do it unknowingly and like that we have deemed good you know is to to make something zain to make it look good or nice we have made it look good to every ummah their actions ثُمَّ إِلَىٰ رَبِّهِمْ بِمَا كَانُوا يَعْمَلُونَ And to your Lord will be your return, your marjah, the place you return, your returning place, And He will, at that place, inform you about what they were doing. Like Allah is letting us know, He's going to explain what they were doing. So if you look at this, these verses are very important. In fact, in in the uh, in the Maliki Madhab, there's something called al Daraya, which is uh, cutting off pretexts. Pretexts. So, so for instance, there are certain things that, in and of themselves, are not haram, but because they lead to the haram, uh, they can have the hukum of haram. So, al wasiratu al haram. Uh, sometimes is muharrama I mean not always it depends This is something the fuqaha work out But the point is Is that Sadda is to prevent Something happening that's haram So in this case In this verse it's We're being told Do not curse the idols And this is what our mufassirun say uh, Ibn Juzay al-Kalbi In his famous work Taseel uh, He says That the those who call on other than Allah, Subhanahu wa Taala, are the idols. He actually says that they are the idols. So it's not the mushrikeen themselves. Don't curse the mushrikeen It's saying don't curse their idols, uh, and that that is uh, what they how they explain it. So, wa la min la alihatum. Because you will make it a cause for them cursing Allah So you've actually caused it And and, uh, Ibn Juzay says So this is the ayah that they prove uh, In fact somebody uh, back in 2001 One of the things I said about burning flags Was uh, that we should not burn Muslims should not burn like sometimes they take the American flag and stomp on it Or burn the American flag That they shouldn't do these things Because it's uh, And then I used this ayah And somebody who didn't understand Said oh he's saying they consider the flag an idol And that wasn't my point My point was is that this is You know so these are unfortunate I mean it's very it's It's a tough time to speak because there's so many geniuses out there and 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 they just understand things that you don't understand and so they end up um, I mean it's it's really a tough time to, there's an argument for just not speaking anymore and and I've been tempted uh, by that. I keep getting as as they say, you know, every time you Try to get out They pull you back in So um, You know But you know The people around me say No no, no you have to uh, Keep Teaching And doing these things So may Allah forgive us For any of the mistakes Because I've certainly made Some mistakes But our hope is that We never make big mistakes Major mistakes We're always going to make Some mistakes Just by being human And the more you talk The more likely you are To uh, to make mistakes So So the point here, though, is that the, uh, the the this these these ayahs are really about the mushrikeen That we're being told essentially that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala allows them to do their shirk, and tells us not to curse their idols, and tells us that it's actually Allah who has made this appear good to them it's because very often in the Quran it says it's it's put in the uh, the passive but here Allah could have put it in the passive tense lahum he could have said that but he clearly says li kulli ummatin. we have made every nation, deem their own actions good and this is why it's very difficult for people to understand how for instance in the United States there are many things that we our country does that are horrific and wrong but most Americans actually say they think oh no we always have good intentions so collateral damage is unfortunate but we don't we don't mean to do that it's just an unfortunate externality of it these are the type of things but Every nation thinks that what they're doing is good. This is the way Allah has made it. And that's why most people are actually deluded. And so, self-delusional states are part of human psychology. And this is why it's quite terrifying, because you don't want to be amongst those. Allah is telling us, do not be deluded. There are many verses in the Qur'an warning us about falling into delusional states. About thinking that you really understand things We all have blind spots There's even a physical blind spot in your eye And doctors will actually test your, your blind spot Like an ophthalmologist But there are physical blind spots And every human being has blind spots And that's why your brothers and your sisters Are very often the best sources To help you understand your own self Because the Prophet said Al-mu'minu mu'min The believer is the the mirror of, of the believer. Well, what do we use a mirror for? There's basically two things that mirrors are used for fundamentally. For vain and narcissistic people, they're used to admire themselves. But for healthy people, they're used to rectify their actual physical state. So in other words... Before you go out, you look in the mirror to make sure that you don't look ridiculous, like your hair might be sticking up. And the Prophet himself, who could have never looked uh, other than perfect, but the Prophet used to look in a mirror before he went out. And Aisha asked him about that because she she didn't understand. He said, my Lord commanded me to do this. In other words, to present yourself. And this is why traditionally Muslims always dressed well. The Prophet did not like disheveled hair he actually took good care of his hair he used oil in it in fact they said that his collar was like the collar of a uh, somebody who worked in oil because there was always uh, he used uh, olive oil uh, in his hair uh, in some like in in south asia they use ghee in the hair but he took care of his hair and 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 combed it he did not like disheveled hair and one time a man came in with from the Nejd with very disheveled hair. And he said, and he didn't call him out personally, but he said, Do people come into the, my majest looking like a demon? So that's something like demons don't take care of themselves. But the point is, is that the the mirror is is to rectify yourself. And so the believer helps his brother or sister see their faults. And that's why your companion, if like your spouse. Or whoever it is They should point those things out to you In the best way And if you have the spiritual fortitude You'll actually take that And be thankful to that person Like if somebody tells you You know, I think that was arrogant What you said Or I think that was That's something That's a good friend You know, they say Your friend is the one who's honest with you And people that are obsequious Or people that flatter you Those aren't your friends uh, and, and very often behind your back, it'll be quite different. Uh, so so that's really an important uh, thing to remember, that you know, we can fall into delusional states very, very easily. And this is why when you look at people, you have to see everybody is on a path. There's, there's an evolution. You can see a person in their 20s, I mean, sometimes your own children you will have, uh, you know, your son or your daughter and, and they can think they know everything at the age of 18 or 20 or they've gone to university now and suddenly they're debating with you about this, that or the other and they have their own opinions. You have to be patient with them because at, if you're 50 or 60 or 70 and, and you're talking to somebody who's 20 or 25, you have a life experience that that person cannot even imagine, they cannot imagine but they're full of life and there's something very beautiful also about just how new the world is to, to somebody at that age and they can be excited about things that you are no longer excited about so you have to be patient with people and see them on a, a path every human being you know the some of uh, the the people of uh, of tasawwuf in our tradition said there are many There are as many paths to God as there are souls of men. In other words, the meaning of that is everybody is on a path to God. We're all going back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so every human being that you see is on their way to their Lord. And to your Lord is your muntaha, that's your end. And so everybody's on that path. And, and so when you see somebody, just know that they are on a path to their Lord. And wherever they are in that evolution, it's not for you to judge. And there are things you could try to explain to them or try to tell them. They might be ready, but they might not be ready for it. Abu Sufyan, it took him over 20 years to realize that the Prophet was a messenger of Allah. But he finally did. In fact, I recently somebody told me about somebody who had left Islam for several years, and then they came back to Islam, and I was really happy about that. Um, but there are actually Sahaba that 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 were considered Sahaba, and then they left Islam, and then they lost their status as Sahaba, and they're now they're considered Tabi'in because they came back to Islam after the Prophet died. I mean that actually happened, and so. Uh, even somebody can lose faith for a period of time. Don't l- let that mean that you give up hope on them, especially if it's your child or, or if it's somebody you love or somebody close to you. They could actually lose their faith, and, 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 and you should pray for them and hope that they get it back because they can before they die. As long, as long as the soul have, ha, Haven't reached the halqum It hasn't reached the, the trachea And moving out of the body A person can make tawbah to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. So we never lose hope In any human being Every human being is potentially uh, Open to the truth At any given time in their life And sometimes Allah will create Massive ruptures in people's lives In order to let the light of the truth uh, uh, Come into their heart so that's something really important to note. So when you see somebody who is is an idolater or a mushrik or somebody who's a, a disbeliever, you have to be patient with them like our prophet sallallahu so he was patient with them. Now, here's the point. One of the tragedies of the current situation is that we have a lot of problems in India. And and India is one of the great spiritual powerhouses of this planet i mean the indian people are some of the most spiritual human beings uh, on the planet they always have been it's 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 a deep whatever whatever is in india it is a, a deep spiritual place in the world and and they're profoundly devotional people whether they're jain or hindu or christian or muslim or buddhist you will find some of the most devoted people on the planet come out of the Indian subcontinent, which includes Pakistan. And uh, I'm, not, I'm not including Pakistan in India, because there's the partition happened. But once, that was all considered one region. It's Hind, basically, Hind and Sindh. Um, so, so, but that's, that's really important to note. These are profoundly spiritual people. And, and Hinduism, which is a very ancient tradition... And I, I came, I, I grew to appreciate Hinduism a lot more after I studied it, because uh, my my undergraduate degree was in comparative religion, and Hinduism is is a is a is a deep religion. It, it runs very deep, and that's why many Hindus never converted to Islam, like like Christians also in the in the in the Muslim world. Um, but we, as Muslims, tend to look on it as a polytheistic religion, and so some Muslims have always kind of had a kind of contemptible attitude. You know, they feel a type of contempt because of the polytheistic uh, nature. If you get into, and I don't want to do this now, but if you get into Vedic scriptures, and also what the Brahmins understand about the godhead, the Nirguna and Sirguna, I mean, we could get into the, the actual Theology of Hinduism, but I don't want to. But what I do want to say is that uh, many Hindus have become Muslim. Many of the Indians in uh, in in India and and those in Pakistan, um, their ancestors were Hindus, um, but but there are still the majority of people in India are Hindus. Many of them are are very decent people. They're good people. Unfortunately, like. We have our fanatics. They, too, have their fanatics. And unfortunately, because of the current zeitgeist, there's been a lot more fanaticism. But we cannot allow this to create this kind of animosity where we either mock or curse or attack their religion. We have to have a basic respect for people's sanctities, the things that they hold sacred. And this verse is telling us do not curse their idols, because they in turn will curse God. In other words, you have caused it, so you have caused your Lord to be cursed, and this is what the prophet is warning us about. So I'll give you an example. I saw a uh, somebody sent me a video of some ladies from the Gulf who there was a, a there's an elephant uh, idol that 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 uh, is you'll find them a lot in Hindu restaurants. Called Ganesh, and and this is for them. It's it's the god of abundance and uh, that that uh, of prosperity. And this is why you'll see it in a lot of uh, Hindu shops and things like that. Because it's like they they believe that you know they're going to get prosperity by honoring uh, this. Uh, so for us, I mean, obviously that's very difficult, but. The, the, the image showed these two ladies literally take these idols in a store in the Gulf and smash them and saying, Allahu Akbar. Now, I understand the sentiment in their hearts, but because of the because it's Arabian Peninsula, and this is obviously what the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi did when he went into Mecca, but let us remember that Mecca was a sanctuary that was established by Abraham and his son, Ismail, and uh, uh, and it was, it was a, a house that was set up for the one true living God. So those who, who brought the idols to Mecca, they were desecrating the Kaaba. The prophet was not desecrating those idols. He was purifying the house from what had been done to it, by these other people. Now, for those other religions, like, for instance, the Christians have what a lot of Muslims think are idols, and obviously the Christians are not idol worshipers, but they have images in their mosques, uh, in their churches. And we actually believe in the the Decalogue, which one of them is, do not make uh, graven images of anything. We're not supposed to make graven images of anything, which means that... It, it casts a shadow, and so we're we're told not to do that. And this is why the iconoclastic movement in in uh, in the eighth century they actually destroyed the the uh, all of the Christian iconography and and the idols uh, in what they saw as idols. These were Christians who were destroying from the within the Byzantine tradition. In fact, amazingly enough, the only preserved icons of that period are in the churches where the the Muslims were because the Muslims protected those churches from these iconoclasts who were going into the Christian churches and destroying all these icons so the Muslims actually protected these icons this is a, a historical fact so so we should never speak ill of the Hindu beliefs or we we can just like they can uh, criticize our religion uh, intellectually they can write their books on why they're not a muslim that's perfectly acceptable for somebody to do that in america or anything mockery is something that i would hope people would not do because that's what ignorant people do but having intellectual differences about things that's something that we have to recognize as part of being uh, alive in the world but but we should not. We, we can we can write things of why we believe in Islam, of why we don't uh, allow graven images and things like this. But we should not curse. This is the the commandment in the Quran is do not curse those who worship other than Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. In other words, do not curse their idols. So it's really important because somebody in India will see the image of Muslims in the Gulf smashing their sacred. Uh, beliefs. And then they'll go into a mosque And desecrate a mosque or, or attack Muslims out of anger This is exactly what Allah is warning us against And He tells us He is going to explain all of this to us On the Day of Judgment Now, this principle is very important And this is why the Prophet said in a hadith Which is a sahih hadith and there's, there's a couple of different versions of it But one of them is from Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-Asir who, who said that the Prophet said من الكبائر شتم الرجل From amongst the gravest sins Is to abuse one's parents قَالُوا يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ Oh Messenger of Allah وَهَلْ يَشْتِمُ الرَّجُلُ وارديه? Would somebody ever curse their parents? And he said salallah. So how do they do that? Abar Rajuli Abahu. He curses his father, and so he in turn curses his father. أُمَّهُ أُمَّهُ. Or he curses his mother, and then that person in turn curses his mother. So you have caused it. And that's how the Prophet's framing it. So when you see people that attack uh, mosques If you're attacking their churches If you're attacking their synagogues If you're attacking their Hindu temples You don't think they're going to attack So Allah is actually saying That you're causing it So if they're cursing uh, stuff safirullah If they're cursing the, the sacred things That we believe in Well if we're doing it to them Why should we expect That they would hold their tongues on us And this is what Allah is demanding of us It's a very high thing Is that you have to be the teachers You have to show what dignity is you, You're the ummah that I brought forth For humanity Kuntum linnas. <speaking in Hebrew> he didn't say <speaking in Hebrew> He didn't say muslimin. <speaking> <Hebrew> he didn't say mu'minin. <speaking> <Hebrew> he, <speaking in Hebrew> he said linnas. <speaking in Hebrew> Right? Why? Because you are commanded to good. How can you command to good if you're not doing it yourself? How can you prohibit vice if you yourself are not avoiding vice? And you believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This has given you the khiyara, this has given you this status amongst nations. And, and this was the challenge that the, God gave to the Jews. They were, the, they were chosen to be exemplars. And according to the Qur'an, they failed. And the Prophet said, you will follow them. And so now you see Muslims everywhere failing to live up to these uh, expectations that Allah put upon us. And this, in, in the end, it's, it disgraces our Prophet that we, we are the cause of people having bad opinions of our prophet because of our behavior. And this is exactly what Allah is telling us not to do. He's telling us, don't do that. Just like you don't want your parents cursed, don't curse other people's parents. This is essentially the golden rule. It's not, it's not a hard concept. Do unto others as you have them do unto you. And again, these are people, for whatever reasons, this is their religion. And there, there, there are sociological reasons for it, anthropo- anthropological reasons for it. You know, there's historical reasons for it. All these can, can be understood by our social scientists. But in the end, we have to recognize, had Allah wanted, He would, would, would have made us all one Ummah. He would have made everybody Muslims. But for some reason, Allah has left people to follow what they believe. There's no coercion in the religion Let people do what they're doing Mecca and Medina are different Because these are Just like the Vatican Does not allow a Hindu temple Or a mosque inside the Vatican In in the Hijaz it's The Prophet purified it From any other religion uh, Because it's the place of monotheism So this is something I want really people to think about Because I think uh, you know, unfortunately, in places like India, there's a lot of conflict. Kashmir also, may Allah make it easy for our brothers and sisters in Kashmir, which one, of, I would love to go to Kashmir. It's one of the beautiful places on the planet. And uh, unfortunately, they're, they're also in a place of incredible uh, natural resource. And so they, they have the water of India and Pakistan. So whoever controls Kashmir, has immense power over both India and Pakistan. And uh, so these people were born in a place that has immense geopolitical significance, and so they're suffering from that fact. Uh, but, but we don't, we don't want to see collectivization because some Hindus are doing evil things. We should not hate all Hindus uh, because some Muslims are doing evil things. We certainly shouldn't think that this is Islam and 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 that's where how did Gandhi and Abu Kalam Azad work together? Abu Kalam Azad, who Gandhi said his peers were Socrates and Plato and Aristotle. Abu Kalam Azad knew over ten languages by heart he was born in Mecca he was a, he, he, he translated he was a Hafiz of Quran, he was a scholar uh, he was a brilliant man and they honored him in in uh, in India. He's at the heart of the uh, of the Indian independence movement. And to this day, they still celebrate his birthday in November as a national holiday. There are many Abu Kalamazad streets in India. He was a devout Muslim. And, and so uh, it's very important for us to understand that the Hindus and the Muslims historically, they worked together against their, their enemy. So they had a, they had a, uh, a collective enemy, which were, at the time were the English and so uh, that's important to remember that it doesn't ha- this doesn't have to be the reality of our world, that we have many things. Hindus and Muslims have many, uh, uh, they have a shared, a profoundly deep, deeply shared history, uh, and, and they also have worked together many times. Unfortunately, there are some sad periods in Indian history uh, with uh, the Muslims vis-a-vis the Hindus, but there are also some incredibly beautiful periods, uh, and, and the Muslims protected the, uh, the Hindus. Uh, so I think it's really important that, uh, that we think deeply about this, and I, and I really hope that people uh, hold their tongues in speaking ill of other people, whether it's Christianity, whether it's Judaism, whether it's uh, Hinduism or Buddhism. These are all things that people hold profoundly dear to their hearts, and we've been gifted with a pure monotheism, and we have to feel inc- profoundly grateful. But we also should look on these other religions as, you know, with with, with understanding, and also uh, with sincere desire for for the guidance uh, of of those people towards uh, a, a pure monotheism, because it's this is this we believe this is true. And it's a great gift to know the one true living God, uh, creator of the heavens and the earth, sustainer of all things living, sustainer of the animate and inanimate, resurrector of the dead, uh, the judge on the day of judgment that will judge all of us for our actions. This is our Lord and we're blessed and we're blessed to have the Prophet as our messenger and we should feel blessed for that reason. But we should also look on others with the عَيْنَ الشَّفَقَة as the Arabs say, with, with an eye of concern and compassion and and uh, and a desire for their guidance. So, inshallah, may Allah make us amongst those people. And uh, inshallah, I have a very interesting story uh, that I'll share with you next week, inshallah, about, uh, about this. As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.